Hi, my name's John Kasher and welcome to Cash Talk, where there'll be no boundaries and a lot of straight talk. All things money, business, and just everyday stuff. Hey guys, before we get started, just a quick reminder that all the information in this podcast is of a general nature and not tailored to your personal circumstances. So please seek personal financial advice before acting on this information. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cash Talk. I am joined today by the uh, lovely Jane, where we're going to be unpacking simple strategies to help people achieve financial freedom. And so uh, this is something that's close to me. Uh, We try and create simple strategies, not complex ones, um, so that people can stay accountable to them and uh, achieve their financial freedom in a easier manner than than they maybe initially think. How are you, Jane? I'm well. Well, thanks, John. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. Um, as we are in February, unfortunately, the February. last, um, last, the last month of summer. Trying to still lap up as much of the sun as possible, um, but no, going good. Nice and refreshed from the uh, holiday break. Yeah. So diving straight into it, simple strategies. Mm-hmm. As humans, mm-hmm. we do have mm-hmm. a tendency to overcomplicate things because we think mm-hmm. successful strategies need to be highly complex when, in fact, principles are quite straightforward. So do you want to tell us about how you work with your clients on this? Yeah, so I think you've hit the nail on the head. Like most people, when they come to see me at the first time, they sometimes thinking that we're going to come up with these really complex strategies that they've never heard about before. And, you know, we're going to, you know, open up Pandora's box and kind of just open up all of this. Like, no, we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to create simple strategies. And the rea- like the reality is of it, we know that if we're creating simple strategies that people are going to be most likely to stay committed to them. Okay. And I like to use kind of analogies and metaphors, but if you kind of put it to, put it to you this way, it's like a crash diet yeah you can have a diet that's like really hard to maintain you might be on it for two or three months look really good for summer and then it comes crashing down and then by you know winter time you can't even fit into the clothes that you fit in summer so you know i'm sure everyone can kind of think about you know resonate with that or you kind of slowly and steadily um improve and this is where the simple strategies come from it's really working like with their financial literacy trying to create simple and sometimes boring strategies, let's be honest, um, to get to where we need to get to. And I think it's just this whole like, oh, maybe I'm not making money or getting where I'm getting to get to because I'm not doing complex strategies. Mm-hmm. No, it's usually a lot of other factors that are involved in regards to, you know, we've spoken about in previous episodes around money mindset, not having the right roadmap. It's a combination of all of these put together. Um, and I actually think that, you know, as I call them, you know, those sexy kind of get rich quick scheme kind of strategies. Well, you know, in most cases, if not all cases, they end up in really bad situations and it's the crash diet of, you know, unra- you know undoing all of the great work that you've done. So, you know, we want our clients to stay committed, um, incremental changes, you know, we'd rather, you know, 1% better every day, you know, that compounding effect is just huge over time. Um, rather than, you know, just trying to throw them in the deep end and, you know, everything comes crashing down. And I know a lot of people 
before they come to you. You know, they try and do it a bit by themselves. Mm. But there's so much information out there that it gets mm. really overwhelming. They're trying to choose strategies. I know there's a lot of mm. different strategies at the moment that are very on trend. Mm-hmm. And really, it's about, you know, just getting a plan and sticking with it because it's a slow burn. Mm. And it's, you know, ultimately, it's elegantly simple. But um, it's a it's a time, you talk about the time in the in the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, you touched on it earlier, the, um, the effects over the long term compound mm-hmm. year on year. So, mm-hmm. you know, the magical, the two magical elements of um, investment are yeah time in the market okay not timing the market um that's definitely one of them and i think the other one as well too is just you know don't chase shiny objects okay so the biggest thing is as well too is that we as humans like excitement okay so excitement is what is linked to happiness okay um if you don't know that go have a look at it and if you think about when you're when you're bored um people that are bored usually don't have smiles on their faces okay it's the ones that are excited um that are are quite happy so it's only natural for us to chase that you know those fomo orientated trends things um because we're excited um unfortunately when we're excited the kind usually is followed by crashing you know you know major crashes and we've seen it over time so we need to be very conscious of that um I think that I think the biggest one when it comes to you know growing wealth and 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 having simple strategies, you've got to boil it down to what you can actually control and what you can actually change and focus on those first. So we really talk around you know cash flow, cash flow being the core. So we want to create simple strategies about you know what's going in, what's going out. Like th- these aren't the buzzwords that you know everyone wants to kind of hear. You know we're talking about literally what's going in and what's going out. Creating a system that is easy for you to maintain. Um, we're not talking about, you know, taking you from where you are now to you know, living on bread and baked bean cans, you know, and that's mm-hmm. it. No, it's about accommodating to your life and your lifestyle requirements so that you don't feel you're on a crash diet. You know, I've, mm. I've seen a dietitian before and it's not, you know, definitely not go from where you are to crash diet. That's not it's incrementally getting better over time. Same with your finances. And I think the other one as well, too, is that there then becomes like these two levers, as I call them. One is a debt lever. Okay, so how much debt do we want to destroy and how quickly do we want to destroy that with that surplus cash flow we've just created? And then obviously how much we want to put towards investments. And this is the stuff that we talk about sometimes creating simple strategies, even on investments, is we're not necessarily talking about, you know, having a whiz-bang investment portfolio with 50 different holdings and, you know, 20,000 different underlying investments like no, we're literally talking about keeping keeping it simple, okay? And you've probably heard this in many facets before. Keeping it simple is the, is the way to do things. Um, and really around some boring stuff that maybe people think about, you know, making sure you stick to the plan and strategic asset allocation, rebalancing as well too, uh, making sure that you've got a predetermined plan and sticking to that and try to automate your investments as much as possible so that you remove the emotion out of investing and that you're applying mm. investments based on logic, okay? So the really those kind of simple strategies are mainly around for accumulation anyway, around, you know, sustained surplus in cash flow, destroying debts, and then automating your investments to a predetermined plan, okay? Now, on the back of that, we also need to cover our backside. So, you know, managing risks is very important. So, you know, once again, you can deploy some simple strategies to help you you manage your risk. A lot of people think straight away, oh, is he talking about just personal protection uh, insurance? Yes, that's one of them. But there's things like longevity risk, making sure you're you're tackling that. Longevity risk is the risk that your money will 
and not outlive you, okay? So your money will run out before you, you pass away. And it's a serious one for people who don't plan early enough. Um, in most, well, I did one yesterday, for example, unfortunately they were running out of money into their late seventies, okay? And this was the mid thirties couple, okay? So they were just spending so much today that they're locked down the track, which is, you know, getting attacked. So we could put some, some strategies in there, work with some cash flow, you know, work with some pieces of bit and pieces. And, you know, we were able to have the money literally outlive them, okay? Um, but that's one. There's things like timing risk, diversification risk. When you're talking about investments, there's sector risk, uh, concentration risk. Um, so when we're talking about, for example, like the Australian stock market, okay, to put it in perspective, um, there's, let's say, out of the top 200 stocks in Australia, okay, the top 10 holdings in that top 200 are worth more than the 190 below it okay mm. so there's a thing called concentration risk okay which is kind of similar to what we're seeing in the u.s with some of these big kind of brands such as like facebook slash meta google amazon <laughs> yeah. all of that stuff it's just this massive kind of you know they've got they've got market caps bigger than gdp in countries yeah it's just like yeah. a massive so there's some concentration risk that we need to manage now for us, it's quite simple to deploy some simple strategies to keep up with this stuff, okay? Uh, we're not about creating um, complex strategies. Um, yes, I've got a financial risk management degree, so I kind of know how to kind of manage these things, but we try to do simple ones so that they, so clients can walk away with a easy game plan to kind of execute on, okay? Once again, it's not about going and going change the world and make sure they can't commit. We want them to build simple ones that they can kind of continue to maintain, okay? Um, and I think the other one as well too, Jane, getting into kind of the crux of this is um, elevation of income is probably the one that probably people kind of underestimate um, all the time when I speak to people. It's like, you know, if you had two options, you know, your money earning, you know, you're only money earning more or you earning more, like as in your investments earning more or you earning more income, you know, which one would you rather? And most people say my investments earning more money. Um, that's all cool, but people underestimate how much they actually earn over time. Like mm. just think about it. Yeah. The average household is 122,000 currently speaking in Australia. Okay. You know, extrapolate that over a I don't know, 30 year career, yeah, um, with inflation and whatnot, like that's into the millions and millions of, you know, mm. of, um, so, you know, we encourage our, our, um, our clients to try and put strategies in place that sustainably they can incrementally increase their, their income. And a, an easy one is this. So inflation is about 2.3%, 2.5% roughly on average. Okay. To put it in perspective. Now, most organizations will, if the staff member is not bad, give them inflationary increases along the way, okay, to keep up with the cost of goods. But all you're really doing is still getting this paid the same. You're just keeping up with inflation, okay? Yeah. So what we ask our clients to do is if you're on 100 grand to make it easy, you go back to your employer at your next performance review and you say, what do I need to do to earn $105,000? So 5%, rather than 2.5, 5%. Now, most employers that we've found out will at least give them the game plan to earn the extra two and a half grand that they weren't going to get. Mm. And then they have a clear game plan and a roadmap of what they need to do. Now, people that are listening or watching probably go, John, that's easy. Yes, it is very easy. And that is why I'm explaining it as a simple strategy. Yeah. 
doesn't have to be a complex one, but then compound that extra over time and time again. And I can assure you, because I did one about you know a few weeks ago uh, now, or even a couple of months ago, and I still remember the difference was they ended up, I think, 82 with like 19 million bucks. And by just elevating their income at 5% rates, these 32-year-old couple was going to end up with like 30-odd million dollars. Like it literally was like 11 plus million dollars extra just by elevating their income. Like that's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, let's let's mm. talk straight. That's huge. Huge. You know, so, de- so deploying simple strategies is very effective, except the problem is why do they fail? It's because people you know chase shiny objects and we're instant gratification and it's you know, all of the mindset and behavioral stuff that I continue to work on um, and encourage and educate on. And, you know, I was looking at the value of advice report, Jane, um, I think it was last week or a week or two ago. And if people aren't familiar with it, um, the Russell Investments did a white paper. They do it kind of annually about the value of advice. And um, and they compare unadvised clients versus advised clients. And to paint the picture, the advised client was about 5.2% better off um, in net worth with an advised client, okay? So let's put some numbers around that. Let's say if you were after 12 years, ended up with a net worth of say $2 million by yourself with an advisor is 4 million bucks, okay? So it's doubling every 12 years, which is pretty amazing stuff, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, but about 40% of that net added value of 5.2% per annum was made up by behavioral coaching. So think yeah. about it. Like it's, it's where the wild like, card. Yeah. It's above the shoulders. You know, it's like a chase the shiny, shiny object, the FOMO thing, the next big thing. And it's like, you know, I was reading Warren Buffett. Yeah. And he's in the news at the moment. So for people that know, he like just to kind of paint the picture, Warren Buffett would be the richest man on, on the planet as we speak in 2022. Um, but he's donated like, I think $111 billion worth of money. Yeah. So that's why I think he's number four or something at the moment. Yeah. Or five. Biggest donators in, in world history. Anyway, but um, where I was going with this is that they a lot of people call him washed up, yeah? Because he's just so boring. Like, it's just like <laughs> boring over boring. It's like boring. Like, do yourself a favor. You want to take this boring to the next level? Um, go have a look at Berkshire Hathaway's website. Like, it's just like boring. Like, everything <laughs> about this man is just boring, yeah? Um, but... He lives a simple life. And when it comes to wealth creation, it's a very, very good philosophy. And he's drilled about, you know, not chasing shiny objects. And that's mm. what I'm trying to get out of this. Okay. And it's just that, that simple, and, and why I'm referring to boring, boring and simple strategies kind of go hand in hand with one another. And I like to call the, them elegant. Yeah. I like to call <laughs> them boring because a spade's a spade. Yeah. It's like we can go to the, we can go to the casino, you know, throw 500 on roulette and hope to win and walk out millionaires or whatever we're going to do. The reality is, is most people don't do that. And we can't take chances like that with our financial future. Like I just have too much, um, too much concern over my people, my clients' well-being to go roll the dice down at the casino, you know what I mean? And, and, and they do as well. So it's just deploying simple strategies along the way. We can get a little bit creative, but you know, those creativity is based on predetermined strategies and you know, that creativity usually comes about once we have certainty that financial freedom has been ticked off. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, play with fire, even, you get burnt. Even while you're on the, I oh, will talk about fire. 
even while you're on the path to financial freedom, sticking to the plan to a degree within mm-hmm. your risk profile protects mm-hmm. you from the volatility of the market. And you shared yeah. a graphic on your socials the other day that showed that roller coaster mm-hmm. of where, where the markets are at at the most, mm-hmm. especially at this particular point in time. What did mm-hmm. Metaverse get wiped half a billion yes, dollars? 20, 20, 20, yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was 26% of their market cap, which is like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's ri- ridiculous numbers. Like it's the biggest drop. But you know, some people will panic on that. Um, you know, some people are going to be, you know, concerned about that. Once again, sticking to the plan. And, you know, in the in when we go to create simple strategies, we talked just before around managing risks, okay? Mm. And one of those risks is emotional risk, let's call it. <laughs> it's the one where you're going to be too emotional that you sell your assets at the wrong time. Now, The reality is most people, when markets are doing really well, Jane, will participate because they think that their risk tolerance is higher than it actually is. (laughs) Yeah, we're we're weird in like forgetting about history, you know. Um, So, you know, as a trained advisor, who's and I don't know different, let's be honest, I've been doing it since I was 14 in the game. So, you know, for me, it's a matter of, you know, you never over risk yourself, you never put money in that you're willing to not, you know, part with, there's a, you know, there's a good saying that goes, you know, you or good thing that goes, you know, the money that you put in the market, you've kind of got to have the mindset that you'll never get it back, you know, Mm. and very simple, okay, to have that mindset, um, to have that that said, but hard and hard, hard to practically do that. And we've got a visitor on on Cash Talk today. My little son has just joined us uh, for for a little meeting. Um, one moment. Um, but yeah, simple strategies. If you're watching this, uh, you'll see I've got a little two year old joining us on Cash Talk today. But the um, the reality is, yeah, simple strategies are sometimes hard to stick to. Okay, as much as I say they're simple. But I guess that's why, you know, clients and, and the people I work with value accountability so much, Jane, um, mm. that accountability to keep them to the plan. And, you know, a lot of people already know what I'm going to say when they're frightened and they call me. It's like, you know, John, we're a bit concerned what's going on. And it's like, stick to the plan. Because I suppose you've, you've, you've been in the industry for so long, you've seen like, I'm thinking about the big events that have happened yeah, in the like financial GF- markets. GFC. GFC. Yeah, so was, Iraq War. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. when I when I started, the Iraq War was like the like the start one. So for me, like I under I, I was around like when the when the like I understood markets from a younger age. Like even though I tell people I started in the industry at fourteen, I was fascinated <laughs> by I was fascinated by corporate markets and by money and investing and business even from a younger age. Okay, so. Um, you know, even though we had those crashes of 2008 in the GFC, I was obviously involved in that. I was working in the industry at that point. I was working in the industry when Iraq war happened. I was familiar with the dot-com bubble, okay? Mm. And um, even after the dot-com bubble, there was obviously the um, there was the Iraq war. And in hindsight, it doesn't seem like much. Like if you look at the Iraq war at that point in time, um, like on markets in a big picture, it doesn't look like much. But I can assure you, yeah. when we were reading the paper and um, the US declares war on Iraq and are chasing down Saddam Hussein, yeah, 
um, I can assure you that markets weren't exactly going, whoo, yeah, congratulations, what's going on? Mm. Yeah, um, mm. people were panicking. And we are talking about the US going into, you know, Arab territory. Um, and if we paint the picture even more, we're also talking about, you know, this is a couple of years later after, you know, September 11. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, you know, there was this heightened kind of terrorist attacks going on. Um, we're now entering in there. And then GFC was... Yeah, mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, um, mm. let me let me for people that haven't experienced this, let's talk about simple strategies. Yeah, like, um, in the US, people were borrowing at ridiculous rates. Okay, ridiculous. Mm. Like, let's put it this way: they were leveraged to the absolute hill. To take matters even worse, the banking system allowed it to happen. So they to make it very very simple, the US banking and financial sector was well over leveraged, okay? And they didn't have the measures to protect themselves. And so when the financial institutions came down in the US, uh, you know, Lehman Brothers was the biggest name. The ricochets that sent the world was ridiculous. Now, to tell people how ridiculous this is, and how devastating. If you invested your money in October 2007, roughly, which was the height, or even October 8, 7, 8, okay, you wouldn't have made your money back or you wouldn't have got back to parity until 2019. Oh. So when you talk about like simple strategies and risks and whatnot, and remember that thing I just said before, before you asked me that question was, you know, only put in what you're willing kind of not to get back. Yeah. There's reasons why. Yeah. yeah. Simple, but very, very effective. Okay. And yeah. that's where you get at the moment, this kind of over participation, you know, I hear on social media a lot and see a lot um, of unfortunate situations where people are overexposing themselves. Um, a common yeah. one, Jane, which is very simple is, you know, people, I hear and see, unfortunately, because I'm the one that comes in and fixes it at the end when everything's come crashing down. Um, you know, they put their house deposits into the stock market, for example. You know, they want to buy their house in 12 months' time. They put their deposits into the stock market. Stock market crashes. Let's call it GFC. You're down 50%. Well, you know that house you wanted to buy? Yeah. Mm. See you later. Kumbaya. You're not getting that for a few years from now. You know, so um, simple strategies, very effective. Um, but once again, people chasing shiny objects. Now, we've touched on this earlier, and I just wanted to bring you back before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. There's a sort of obsession at the moment in the mm -hmm. um, finance world, mm -hmm. especially on social, with the FIRE mm -hmm. movement, where mm -hmm. you're obsessively paying down debt. Mm -hmm. Now, that to me, and obviously to you as a financial advisor, because mm -hmm. this is your, mm -hmm. your jam, Mm -hmm. has benefits and risks. So yeah. do you want to just, I know your audience is probably, it's probably something they've mm -hmm. come across, it's probably something they're interested in. So do you want to just mm -hmm. enlighten us about that, please? The fire yes. movement. So it's actually interesting. So the fire movement for people that don't know is financially independence retire early, okay? Now, when we talk about financial independence retire early, every time when I go to look at the, hear this or see this, there's this fascination about like living very frugal, Yeah and like smashing down your debt as quickly as possible. And that's cool, 
and I'm an inherent saver for people that know, like my mindset was like literally, you know, dig up the money, stash it under the lemon tree. Yeah. That's where <laughs> I come from. Um, two things. One, I don't want to live life that way. Okay. I want to enjoy life. I'm of the belly if I only get one crack at it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to enjoy my money a little bit. Okay. So my financial independence retire early is actually based on income focus. Okay. With a baseline for me to live and enjoy my life. Okay. So let's get that straight. So it's not frugal. Okay. Um, definitely not what my mother thinks. My mother thinks that I blow way too much money. Okay. Um, but let's not talk about that. Um, but the other one as well too, if you're so focused on debt repayment, okay, let's just paint the picture to just make it really simple. Currently, as we're speaking in Australia, home loan rates for an owner occupied property are in the low twos. Okay. On average. Okay. So let's use 2% as a guide just to make it easy. If you've got 2%, yeah, if you've got 2%, okay, and just to paint the picture, I just was researching it the other day. This is not advice, please. I'm just using it for comparison reasons. AGL's dividends was about 6.5%, okay? So think about it. So when we're talking about these simple strategies in these levers, we've got one that we have to pay 2%, okay, with our after-tax money, okay? Or we potentially... A simple strategy, just to throw it out there. Once again, not advice. Please go seek personal financial advice. Let's say we salary sacrificed a certain amount into super. So it's coming in pre-tax salary, okay? And we happen to buy AGL shares, okay? Once again, don't do that. Not personal advice, okay? Um, you know, Don't act on that. But you, all you've done is now you've created a before-tax environment that's taxed at 15%, maybe not at 40 45% or at 30-odd percent. And you're also picking up a company that's got three times the amount or three plus times the amount of what you've been paying. Like, this is very important. Very Mm -hmm. simple. I've just explained it in about three seconds, yeah? But the reality is, is that that incrementally over years and years and years and years and years is going to add up. If you just spend time just smashing down the investments before, uh, smashing down the debt before you invest, for example... What do we say at the start? It's about time in the market. Time so in the market, just... compound interest. So that Two over magical, time... magical things of investing. Yeah. Actually, remember, <laughs> of life, it's love and compound interest, all right? So the eighth yeah. wonder of the world, we call it. The eighth wonder of the world, okay? But the reality is, is that you need to have a combination of all, okay? And mm-hmm. I have seen a lot on social media, a lot of people investing and paying down their debts, okay? What happens is, Jane, is that, we need to just always make sure that we've got a strategic plan, okay? And those two levers about what you put into investments and put in your debts are structured in a way to create the highest probability of you achieving your goals, okay? Yeah. Um, you know, it should be like, you know, financially independent, you know, retire early, okay? Dot, 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 but live life along the way, okay? Have and that's the biggest it. thing. Yeah. Have fun while you're doing it, you know? Or, <laughs> You just have to look at the people that unfortunately, you know, either died early and didn't enjoy their life. And, you know, maybe maybe I'm also a bit of a changed man since I had my spinal surgery and, you know, and the experiences I've had in life. You know, when my son was born, he's, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his head, yeah, and he didn't breathe for 12 minutes. And so, you know, I'm there, about 12 minutes felt like 12 days, yeah, in, in all honesty. 
but you sometimes value other things than just you know being debt free or having you know bucket loads of money in, in your account. And I think as a financial advisor, I have become better in understanding to smell the roses and appreciate milestones and actually appreciate other things. And I think that a lot of the success stories with my clients is us being able to buy time, okay? And those precious mm. moments, we're able to stop and, I don't know, see your son walk for the first time, yeah? Mm. Um, or And have the time to do that. Yeah, just little things. Yeah, it's those little things that we're trying to create. Okay, not rich little leprechauns, as I call them. Yeah? <laughs> all right, thank you, John. That's all right. Rich leprechauns in my head. <laughs> that's all right. That's all right. We want to create rich little happy leprechauns. Um, mm -hmm. The reality is, these simple strategies are very effective, everyone. Um, it's just a matter of which ones are right for you, and then aligning it to the big picture. Okay, and this is where it all comes in. And on the last episodes around mindset is very important. Road mapping is very important, and simple strategies as well is very important. But just try to kind of think about it if you're trying to wrap your head around this. Just like think about that diet that I was talking about and how that's kind of applicable here. You can kind of go as frugal as you can be, save as much as you can, you know, not buy anything. But how sustainable is that? Like long-term, how sustainable it is. And it's the sustainability that is going to smash these things out the park. And uh, for the employers out there, I apologize if all the listeners and the viewers are now going to start hitting everyone up for pay rises. Um, but very effective to elevate your income as well too. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, ja Thanks Jane. And uh, look to uh, having uh, all of you listen again and watch again on another episode of Cash Talks. But thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, John. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cash Talk. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to learn more about me, jump onto my Instagram at, at thejohncasher and you'll find me there or at my website at www.johncasher.com.au. Thanks for listening. Cheers.